0: Good evening. What is the highlight of the week? Thank you for joining us again tonight. This is MIT Podcast. MIT stands for Mindset into Transformations. I am Benjamin Huang, your host tonight. Here we have conversation with people who have done extraordinary things in their life. We discuss their story of success and the mindset drive them into achieving the impossible. Think about the last conference you attended. How many males and how many female speakers were there? In our today's world, many female leaders have raised much quicker and more successful than many males. However, there's only a handful of the leaders recognize the importance of promoting the success of female leaders. Our guest today has not only achieved a lot of impossible, but also is a big go-giver. Up to today, she is just south of one billion, and I think she's going to achieve it this year for sure asset under management. Up to this point, she has done a lot of multifamily syndication. The most notable thing is that she is bringing up awareness of female leaders to the public. This is a true honor to me to have our special guest today to come to our show, Veena Jetty, the queen of multifamily. Thank you for coming to our show. How are you, Veena?
1: Hi, Ben. Thanks for having me. That was quite the intro. Thank you.
0: I prepared to be honest. Um, <laughs> I... I, I This is the best way that I can show my appreciations to to come to my show.
1: Thank you you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Before we dive into it, um, let's let's touch on the background of basic high-level introduction of yourself so people would know you better.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, you gave me such a glowing introduction. I don't know how much more there is to add. I by large multifamily value add assets, we focus on 200 plus units, 75 million and up across the Sun Belt plus Arizona. So Texas, Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Arizona is our target. Um, we target double digit returns for our passive investors. That's kind of what fits into our buy criteria as of today. And I'm really excited about where we are in the market cycle, and the opportunity that is ahead of us.
0: Awesome, awesome, yeah. I mean, certainly, um, most uh, most most investor who having who are having you know cash put aside are extremely excited. especially <laughs> for the capital raiser, right? Now is the time for for capital raiser show. Um, so uh, we're we're going to dive into our first topic. So basically, we're going to talk about you know um, like like how you, how you get started, you know, especially mm-hmm. your background and what was your mindset, you know that that, that you, you have shared with us, you know, the, the female leader has not been very recognized in the space.
1: Yeah, and you know, I'll say it wasn't until really recently that I've started trying to bring more attention to this issue that has existed since the beginning of time, right? Um, and if we look to Silicon Valley, what we'll see is that women founders of startups get funded way less often. But if we look to the numbers, women founders actually do better and take money further and produce better returns than their male counterparts. So I think it's really important that when we're talking about representation and diversity at the top levels, we're looking to represent the best, not just check a box, right? And so my, what I kind of talk about now is not that I think that There should be no men at the top. Of course there should be. Like some of my main male colleagues have been the ones that have championed me and been the biggest supporters and been the ones to like pull me into bare circles and open doors for me. And I'm so incredibly grateful for that. What my point is though, is I've built my company around the idea of we only work with the best. We want to work with the best of the best. And if that is true, then by logic, I have to assume one of two things, right? One is that we don't believe that half the population is qualified to be at the top level, which I just don't agree with. There have to be women out there that are smart enough and doing enough and considered the best that should and deserve to be there. So then that leads to my second conclusion, which is, okay, I don't think it's that there aren't qualified women it's that we aren't putting enough emphasis and attention on the fact that we're not representing the best. We're just representing who might be in our immediate circles or who might be available at the moment when really we should be looking for the best in the business. And that should include some amount of diversity at the top level. Um, So that's, you know, that's like, for me, I never said anything about it up until like really recently because It's one thing for me to say there should be women at the top, right? Because it sounds self-serving. But now my resume and my experience level has gotten to a certain caliber where it's a responsibility for me to call this out, not because I need to get into those rooms and be on those stages. I am on those stages. What it really is, is that I need to be bringing other women along with me who need that door open for them that didn't have... You know, like a Pace Morby or a Cody Sperber or, you know, what other, whatever other male recognize what I had to offer and open those doors. They need someone to do that for them. So I want to be that person and that conduit for them.
0: Right. And of course, you putting yourself in a position that you basically don't need to self-serve yourself.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. And your word become even more powerful. And yeah. the, this awareness that you're bringing up is going to make a whole lot more people recognize. I
1: hope and
0: so. Of course, and of course, I mean, people like us, um, like being a male, we should recognize, you know, uh, the female leader, especially, you know, there's a lot of females who are doing way better than a than lot of males, right? And if we were to be open-minded and really recognize those success, and learn from those people that would help the entire society absolutely
1: yeah because then we're working with the best and that's what we all want right like we all want the best we don't want the mediocre we don't want the average we want the best and so i and like i said i wouldn't be where i am today without the support of my male colleagues so men that are listening to this you know your voice is very powerful do not underestimate the power of your voice and you being a champion and an ally for women breaking into the space or that are in the space.
0: Awesome. And um, if, if we can touch on um, your, your background, like when yeah. you were younger, when you yeah. just get into a space,
1: how was it like? Yeah. So I actually, so I graduated from college when I was 20 years old with my degree in finance. Right. And, I come from a real estate family. So my mom's actually a successful real estate investor, but she always stayed in the residential side. She never went commercial or multifamily. So she started investing, laid a great foundation for myself and my sister, graduated college, degree in finance. My was like, great, you can come work for the family business. And it was like, mom, I'm an adult and I have a degree. I'm going to go do something totally different. So I went and I worked in corporate real estate um, and made, you know, a lot of money for somebody else, but learned a lot of things. I ultimately left corporate America in 2012. Um, I was on the management team for a billion dollar asset. Now I think it's valued probably closer to like 1.3, 1.4 billion, but I left in 2012, um, was managing on that side. And then. I started investing for myself and I initially started investing in single family uh, mainly because I didn't really know that you could invest in multifamily if you didn't have millions and millions of dollars lying around. Like nobody ever asked me if I wanted to passively invest. Nobody ever asked me if I wanted to sponsor or co-invest or partner. Like I just didn't know. And then um, fast forward to, there was a week where I bought like five houses in one week. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is not sustainable. There's no way I can continue at this rate. Yeah, it's not scalable because even if I could handle the work that comes with managing five houses in a week, I didn't have enough deal flow to find five good deals a week that would take me forever. I'd need like 250, 260 homes essentially in order to get five homes Mm -hmm. a week for one year, right? So then I started realizing like, okay, I have to get to multifamily if I want to get to that level of scale. And the other thing I really hate about single family and hated about my portfolio is like, I was the one stuck managing everything, right? Like I'm going oh. and collecting brands. I'm answering the phone when they need like a plumber. Fix a toilet.
0: Or,
1: right. And so I'm like, mm, this is not what I enjoy. I don't, like this. And so that was really the catalyst that moved me to the multifamily space. In
0: 2012, you left corporate America and you start to yeah. invest in real estate yourself. How yeah. how many years did it took you to realize single family is not the way to go?
1: <laughs> Too many. Um, so w- the biggest hurdle I had right when I first left corporate America was that I didn't know I didn't need to have all the funds. I learned about OPM, other people's money, but I thought that was like bank debt and lines of credit. What I didn't realize was that there were all these securities exemptions that existed. So in 2014, that was the first time I realized, like, okay, there's Regulation D, five hundred six B, five hundred six C. There's, um, I don't think Regulation CF was around at the time, but Reg D was there, and I was like, oh, we can use Reg D to raise capital. So it was like either the end of 2014 or the beginning of 2015 that we raised capital for the first time to invest other people's money and leverage other people's money. So it took me like a good two and a half years, two, two and a half years of making the same mistake over and over and over, not realizing that I really needed to and could scale. um, And before I just took that leap of faith.
0: Hey, guys, if you guys are listening in, uh, Vina is saying that she spent two and a half years wow. that she considered kind of wasting. How many of you, being a real estate investor out there, spend more than two and a half years struggling, grinding, and not able to get out of the hole? So, see, this is where we need to uh, promote female leaders like Vina Jetty, right? I mean, she has done this extraordinary thing, and she's... Humbling saying, oh, two and a half years was too long. Right. So, <laughs> Vina, this, this is, this is, this is, this to me is a shock because even myself, I worked on a smaller multifamily for like six, seven years until I realized I needed to do something big.
1: Mm, yeah. You know, but here, here's what I'll say the reason why I, today, Vina, today thinks two and a half years is a long time because today, there are the bends of the world that are putting out content like this, right? Like there are Facebook groups, there are mentorship programs, like there's so many communities that are built around helping each other and collaborating that you can shorten the learning curve dramatically by being in the right room. Like you and I, we met at a real estate meetup, right? And then The next day, what do we know? We're walking your multifamily asset that you just closed on, which congratulations, incredible. And we're talking through the operations of it, right? Like I'm sharing with you the knowledge that I have and you're sharing with me how you're looking at it. And so now we're like exchanging ideas. But 10 years ago, we wouldn't have been at that meetup. That wouldn't have been a thing, right? And so I think that's like really the power of knowledge and being in proximity that we have today that we didn't have access to 10 years ago.
0: Guys, see, this is this is how nice Vina is, right? She even have an excuse for you to spend a little <laughs> lo- longer. Just kidding, but you know, Vina. Um, uh, so from from single family to large multifamily, uh, like like you must aware, it's a big gap, yeah. right? Yeah. Even if you come out from like finance finance background, yeah. I mean, what what was the gap like to you, and how did you overcome it? Like, did you have need to hire a coach? or mentor to help you get through it?
1: So I didn't. I have never paid for like a networking group or a mentorship program or anything like that, which today, I, and there's like a lot of footage of me in the past saying like, oh, I would never pay for a mentorship or a coaching program. It's because I didn't realize what the true value and power was it wasn't in the things that like I already learned in school in my finance classes. it wasn't like learning what IRR is and NOI is like that's not what's important anybody can google that today you don't have to go to college even to find that right the power is in being in these rooms with people who are doing more than you or who are doing different investments at the highest level because the conversation changes, the mindset changes. And I didn't realize that until I started being in those rooms, right? And I got into those rooms the hard way. I earned my way in. I built my resume the long, slow way, right? Like year over year, I put in enough time effort, I transacted on enough deals that I've earned my way at that table. All these other people who are just getting started and cutting those checks, like they're doing it the smart way. That's the shortcut. You just cut the check and you're in the room and now you're in proximity. So it's not about what you learn, right? Like, I, And that's what I thought it was. It's about who you get to rub elbows with and who you get to sit with at dinner, who gets to be on a private mastermind bus, right? With like Pace and myself and like all of these people, we're all hanging out. And like, how much intimate knowledge do we get to share with each other that day that you normally wouldn't get, right? And so- that's what the power of being in that world is, and being in that community
0: is. Awesome, and Venus, like certainly uh, getting into a room, the room that you know for great, you know, knowledgeable brand is is a super important factor. I mean, in addition to the learning, like knowledge, how yeah. do you see? I mean, do you think the the gap can just be filled by the knowledge or? Because how, how, people need to take action, and there are action that yeah. is kind of resistant to most people, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's scary, right? It's intimidating. You've never done it before. You're learning a whole new language and a whole new skill all at the same time. But it's not the knowledge. That's not the gap that gets filled in these rooms. It's the partnership, the collaboration, the exchanging of ideas and thoughts. That's what really happens in those rooms. because like like when we walked your multifamily asset, right? It was here in Dallas, beautiful asset, by the way. Um, So we're walking it and I'm not explaining to you what NOI is, like, you know what NOI is. I don't need to tell you that. If you didn't know what it is, you're gonna go and you're gonna look it up on Google, right? And then someone probably has some kind of explanation or YouTube video explaining it better than I could do in that moment, right? But what happened was we started talking, so Pay started talking, right, about, Hey, I, the first thing I would do here is I would replace windows because they're not energy efficient, right? But that's his strategy and that works for him on his assets, which is I wouldn't do that at that property. That's not the first thing I would do, right? I was like, the first thing I would do is I would go in and start looking at where the market rent is. I would do a pet audit. I would start standardizing the units. And, you know, we, we started talking about kind of strategy from that way. And, that's actually the gap, right? It's not the knowledge. It's okay. Now you're, now you've closed on the asset. At that time we were still under due diligence, right? But now you've closed on it. So now that you're closed on it, you're going to go back to your team and you're going to talk about the different strategies. Cause it's not that I'm right and pace is wrong or pace is right. And I'm wrong. They're just different strategies and different ways to look at it. And that's what makes operation an art, not, you know, just a, it's a skill set, right? It's not just a science, not like checking a box. And so, Now you're going to go back to your team or wherever and whoever, and you're going to talk about your strategy and Mm -hmm. say, listen, here are the couple of ideas I I heard. I want to do a blend, or I want to do A, or I want to do B, or I want to do something that's completely different. And then you might come back to me because now I know you. Now we've walked an asset together. We spent all day together, right? Like we've had a chance to really... Mm get to know each other and create that relationship. So now you might call me, you might be like, Nina, know, um, you know, I heard what you said, I heard what Pay said, but I actually want to go in and I want to build more covered parking spaces. And I have experience in doing this on our assets, right? So I might say, Hey, great. How much are you going to pay for that? And you might say, I'm going to pay $3,000 for that. And I go, okay, but how much are you going to get out of it? And you might say, I'm going to get um, 20 bucks a month, right? I'm making these numbers up, but you know, I'm going to get 20 bucks Mm -hmm. a month. Well, then I'm going to say, listen, in our experience, what I think you should do is focus on anything that'll get you an ROI within three years or less. So unless you're really going to get a hundred dollars a month, it probably isn't worth the $3,000 spend. And that's what I'm going to say to you from my experience. Right. And so now you don't have to go out and learn that this metric exists in practicality and in application. I just told you it does on a portfolio that's, you know, 800 million plus. So now that's shortened your learning curve and it's made you better on the first asset, right. Or the second asset or whatever asset, right. Like, so now your learning curve is shortened because you now have someone that's more experienced cutting that learning curve for you. But also maybe you needed, you know, you didn't on this deal, but maybe you have a deal that you're doing that you need a KP or a partner or somebody even help operate. And you might call me up and say, hey, Vina, this is directly in your buy box. Do you want to collaborate on this? And guess what? I know who you are. I'm going to take your call. If someone random calls me and says, hey, I have a deal that I think you're going to like, I'm going to be like, okay, well, get in line. You know, everyone's sending me deals, but now we have a relationship. We have a report and you know what I'm looking for. I know what you're looking for. I know who you are. I want to work with you. I want to collaborate with you. So when you send me a deal, I'm not going to be like, Oh, great. Another deal. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm really excited. What's Ben up to now? I've already seen something he's done and I've loved what he's doing there. I want to see the next thing. I want to be part of the next thing. That's the power of those rooms is finding those partners, finding that collaboration, shortening the knowledge gap and the experience gap and borrowing experience from other people.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, you, you just talk about operations and art, right? Yeah. And re- really, I, I I resonated so much. Because really, that day we exchange a lot of thought ideas, yeah. and like you said, there's no no right or or or, or wrong answer. It's, no. it's just options, yeah. right? And 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 truly, with with your experience, you are bringing a completely different, you know, aspect and you know view yeah. to look at the same same assets. So this is awesome. Um, I I want to jump into the next section real quick because um uh, considering yeah. the time, um, this year. Twenty twenty three, is yeah. going to be a year that I, I personally see as a big wealth transfer year. A yes. lot of opportunity will show up, right? Yes. Um, operation seems to going to be a big um a focus, because good yeah. and bad operator are going to to show. Yeah. And what's your opinion on that?
1: Yeah, I think this is going to be a big wealth transfer year, at least toward the end of the year, and then we'll have a short window to capitalize on the opportunities that will be in front of us. Um, I think that in general, in the last 10 years, we've been in a massive bull run for the longest time where everybody made money. Like if you lose money in real estate, you're like kind of trying to lose money almost. Um, whereas now we're in a position where there are going to be a lot more opportunities come in with rescue capital. Um, to go in at better basis like cost basis when you're buying the asset to exit at higher potential opportunities and really what it's going to come down to is who can weather the storm right it's it's going to be very short but if we can stabilize and hold assets and operate assets well through this period of instability and volatility i think everybody that comes out on the other end like Everybody's excited about the bull run because you make money there. I'm excited about the bear run because that's where real money is made, right? Like everyone thinks, oh, we made money. Yeah, we did, but not like what we're about to see.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's good good investor make money on the way up, on the way, also on the way down. On
1: the way down, yeah. Right. We make money at every point in the market cycle. Actually, it's funny you say that because I get asked this a lot. Like, oh, are you buying right now? Like two years ago, people would ask me, like, are you buying right now? And like, we're always buying. If I only buy in a down market, I'm not in opera- I wouldn't have been buying anything for the last ten years, and I would have missed out on many amazing opportunities that we've had um so yeah, we buy on the way down, we buy on the way up, we make money on both. Uh, we just change our strategy depending on where we are in the market cycle. That's the big key is like you can't keep the same strategy from two years ago that you have today because we're in a different market,
0: yeah exactly so um uh operation and acquisitions are the two big topic in multifamily, um, yeah. when, uh, especially for newer investor who just got into a space like I, I was a years ago, um, acquisition yeah. was a big thing I need to overcome.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, I, I know most of my our audience are are newer mm-hmm. and they are eager to learn about how to get yeah. through this acquisition, especially they, they maybe just start pulling up their investor list and just start building it up. So yeah. what 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 do you have to say to, to these people and, and maybe myself a years ago?
1: Yeah. So I, I would say there's actually like three prongs of multifamily, right? You have your acquisition, you have your capital stack, and then you have your operations, right? So like, what are like, how are we going to find what we're going to buy? How are we going to pay for it? And then what are we going to do? Like, what are we operating? How are we getting out of it? What's the business plan of we to execute, right? So when and new is starting out, I always say like figure out which one of the three buckets you have the absolute strength in and find partners that fill the other two roles, right? So if your superpower is raising capital and due diligence and uh, maybe like talking to debt lenders, great. Go out and be the partner that does the capital stack and that takes a teeny part of the acquisition. Find partners who are really great at underwriting, sourcing deals, um, getting in into the deal, take over at due diligence, stack the capital, and then find another partner who's really great at operations and let them execute the plan.
0: I see so partnership basically is the oh, key yeah. no, so Absolutely. so basically just just uh, focusing on filling up the three key components in multifamily yep. that is the way to start.
1: Absolutely.